What's up everyone? Today we are talking about how to get started strength training for beginners. This is a question that we get asked all the time and it is a really good one because there is so much information out there and people get uh, analysis paralysis. And the way you get started on your strength training journey is really, really important. And it's actually a lot simpler than you think, but it requires some focus. So stick around if you're a beginner and you wanna know how to get started with strength training. Hey everyone, in case we haven't met, my name's Rad Burmeister. That's my brother, Yanni Burmeister. We're the co-founders of Unity Gym and co-creators of the UMS, the Unified Movement System, where we turn driven people into superhumans. And the way we do that is that our program is a very unique, perfect blend of strength and flexibility. If you want to know how we do it, grab one of the free blueprints, the flexibility, strength, or nutrition blueprint. There's a link in the description of this video. And join the UMS Movement Mastermind private Facebook group. Again, there's a link in the description of this video. That's where we go live answering uh, your questions and um, doing live Q&A, just like this. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I quickly want to give a good shout out um, to our friend, Phil White, doing it... Um, lonely at home because he's not joining us on these shows and uh he would love to and we would love to have him here and we're still working on it uh the software and the integration and how to bring him in live uh but um i do want to really give him a big shout out because he is still producing these shows into the sound of movement podcast and um it's a really really great way that people are digesting the content who can't catch the live stream so thank you very much phil and thank you very much to everybody who's listening in on the sound of movement podcast yep yeah for sure now uh, well, let's let me dive into this one because you've um <laughs> i had the limelight yesterday had the limelight for the last couple of days so <laughs> I've, I've, i feel like i don't want to spend another show sitting here being no quiet no worries so we've had a really good question come through which is such a common question for us and i'm actually going to tap this on to another bunch of comments that we're getting in the movement mastermind so as always we're going to uh, jump in and answer our the questions of our online tribe in the ums um online coaching program and Marie this one comes from a brand new member so yeah, big shout member. out welcome to the tribe Marie welcome to the tribe um, I know that I've already helped you uh, a little bit with um, you know understanding your goals and what it is that you're trying to achieve and she's saying um, quick question I watched the foundations tutorials and looks like I should start that on Monday the balance testing series should that be done before the foundational series I might be a tad confused on this one I'm also excited to add in the flexibility and mobility I've watched those tutorials looks like flexibility is good to do each day and then mobility as often as it can uh, be fit in that's absolutely right which comes first in an ideal world if I had time to do both along with the foundations training in a day what order would be the ideal last question it seems to be popular in the tutorials to work out without shoes yes and um, she's got a question mark there so first thing I'm going to say is your concern here is the driving factor as to why our entire Thinkific site is getting rebuilt right now. And in hopefully about four weeks, your experience, every one of you is going to be dramatically improved. We have um, invested heavily in getting a, it's like the equivalent of a WordPress 
um, designer for a website, but that's specifically for our Thinkific site. And it Just is for all those of you playing at home who don't know, think the Thinkific site is where we host all of all our, our online, online courses and, uh, and and it's a beast of coaching. a platform. And it has HTML coding capability. But all I've done is built the whole thing with the basic template that they give you with no understanding of how to do it. I did it all. So I'm not, I, I am a personal and, trainer. And, and our first goal, let me just chime in and say that our first goal, which Rad took uh, 100% um, drive on this and, uh, 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 and control on this was just to get our content up there. Yep. So we had a lot, first it was get what's in our heads out and, and produce it into content. And then it was, okay, get the content up on the platform. And it all just went up there. And then we were sort of like, well, how can we give the best and most amount of value to our online subscribers? Let's just give them access to everything. Mm. You know, so a lot of the stuff we sell in flash sales and as standalone products, and that's really about building trust and, um, and uh, in the marketplace with people who haven't worked with us before. But it can obviously become really overwhelming when you log in there if you're a new member and you don't have a, a clear path as to start. And that's why we're rebuilding the site yeah. completely. And in, in hopefully in a month, um, all of your experience is going to be so much simpler. Not That doesn't mean there's going to be less there for you. It's just going to be laid out in so much of a simpler way. It's going to be really, really cool. So the first thing I'm going to say is I'm going to try and make this as simple as we can for you, Marie. Start with the foundational series. Forget about the other stuff. Forget about the structural balance testing, any of that stuff. The foundational series is perfect for you. It is designed for um, people that, that need general balance between strength and flexibility and um, just, uh, you know, they just want to make their body stronger and overcome old injuries and prepare themselves, prepare themselves for the work that's, um, that's coming ahead. And there's so much stuff to look at. So just go straight to the foundational series. Um, the next thing is, uh, so it looks like um, which comes first, flexibility, mobility, foundations, training. What comes first is just to do the workout exactly as it is, which means there's the strength and the flexibility that you do, and you do a one-to-one -one ratio. So you do a set of the strength training and then a set of the flexibility training. It's all explained there in the videos. Now, now just wait a sec, because I want to um, address something, and I, I know I'm cutting you off, but it's important to, uh, to, to say this. The foundations um, program, and as you'll learn, the progressions program as well later on, they all include flexibility and mobility. So you do a mobility warm-up and you also do flexibility training in a one-to-one -one ratio with your strength training during the program. Mm -hmm. So although there is the mobility masterclass and the 18-minute stretching routine, those are add-ons that we add on later on if yep. you um, have the time for it or if you need it. But in most cases, if you're just starting out, you're going to get such a massive improvement from just focusing on that foundations program you don't need to worry about anything else except nutrition and really establishing some strong goals and a strong why why you are doing this training so that you can align all that with your training going forward yeah absolutely and the way that the program has been designed Marie is it has a one-to-one -one ratio of strength and flexibility so don't feel a lot of people come into the program and they think oh my god you know I really want to get flexible so I want to double down on it um, we, we don't recommend it that you do anything extra on top of what's within the program and the reason why is because at least in the beginning yeah yeah because the thing that is going to matter the most that is going to give you the best result by a long shot is consistency and frequency. So that means the uh, frequency that you train, so be that three days a week, four days a week, maybe five or six days a week if you're a high achiever, and the consistency that you do that consistently week in, week out. 
As soon as you start to add more and more to your program, the workouts start to become a little bit overwhelming. And on any days where you don't have a high level of motivation and you're not really feeling it, it's so easy. And, I, and I've fallen victim to this so many times myself, even just in the last year, where I look at my program and my workout and I go, oh my God, really, I've got to do all of that today. And the, be the better workouts are the simpler workouts. For those of you that have been with us for since the start, for a year and a half, Blakely, Tom, um, you're the only people that I can think of off the top of my head that have definitely been with us from day one. You will have seen how much we've stripped back from these workouts over time. When we first launched this, they were bigger than they are now. There was more to them. And we did that because so many people were voicing like, oh my God, I, I get through half of this and then I'm like, oh, you know, what am I missing out on? How am I doing this? And that, and that it, we failed so badly by doing that. Yeah. Um, and so we've stripped these workouts back. Um, the foundations program used to be a six day a week program. It's now a four day a week program for that exact reason. We, we don't want people to look at it and go, oh my God, six days a week, how am I gonna do that? So um, for the time being, don't worry about any, like there's so much stuff you've got there and I know it's really easy. It's like a kid in a candy store to go, oh my God, I really wanna get flexible. I'm gonna do that program. And I wanna learn how to do handstands. I'm gonna do that program. Um, just start with the foundations program and focus only on that. D create laser vision, tunnel vision, don't even open the other programs, work on that. Yep. Even if you came into the ecosystem by purchasing the 18 minute stretching routine and you thought that was the best thing for you to do right now, that is a unbelievable program and it's going to have a place in your life and in your training in the months to come but right now what is required is laser focus yeah and uh just focusing on the thing that you can get done and and if you do that you should be able to get those workouts done in uh, in an hour when you learn them and you don't actually have to look at the sheet all the time if you're having to look back at the sheet all the time it might take you an hour and a half like if you've got to look at the video again and remember it but once you know the movement and you can just look at the sheet and go, oh, yeah, i know that exercise you should be able to get it done in about an hour yeah yeah so um i hope that answers your question marie of course any anything else that you want to um you want to see if you can tag marie in here yanni i'm not sure if you can um, anything else that you need to know, let us know. And any of you that are watching live, let us know any questions that you have um, so uh, that we can answer them for you, okay? I can see we've got 16 people on the live stream here. Um, yeah, guys, if you, uh, I, I'm seeing 18 people. If you are on the stream, please um, set, give us a comment and tell us who you are and where you're watching from. We love to know who's actually tuned in for the live stream. It's very, very important. Um, and uh, I'm going to say hi to my two friends, um, Tara and Oscar are on here. I've, I've shared this to my um, personal Facebook page. Hey guys, how you doing? Thanks for joining in. And um, Finchy, Finchy's on there as well. How are you, brother? Um, so what, I'm, what we're going to do now is I'm going to have a quick look at some of the questions that we've been asked in the UMS Movement Mastermind. And there's some really cool things that are going on here that I want to point out. And what I'm seeing is we're seeing people post videos of themselves. Aiden Potts, you're killing it, man. Um, I'm going to say, I'm going to address Aiden quickly because, you're, again, you're a member of the online coaching group. And he's posted a whole bunch of videos of his testing, of his structural balance testing. Now, 
I haven't commented on every one of them yet for a couple of reasons. It, you're not doing anything wrong. What, what those pictures and what those videos should be is a reference for you to be able to reflect back on in three months and see if you've improved. So that's the idea of you know doing that overhead squat test. You know I can see that your ankles are coming off the ground and your shoulders are rolling forward. So we can see for you, just as an example, we really need to work on ankle flexibility, but we also need to work on opening up the thoracic area of the spine and increasing shoulder flexion. And you're gonna see that if you, now that you've done those tests and you understand how to do that, and you, you know, I can see that you're a very highly committed person. Over the coming weeks, you're going to really, sorry, over the coming months, you're gonna see some change. And when you retest, when you retest, you're gonna see it, okay? So let's go into, you know, the, the title of this show, how to start strength training as a beginner. We wanna address what we said um, about Marie, which the idea is just get started with what you're gonna do, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and keep it simple. Yep. Keep it simple in the beginning. The biggest uh, result you're gonna get, especially for a, a beginner, is the stimulus itself, not how fancy the stimulus is. It's the repetition, it's the volume, it's the consistency, it's the frequency of training that, that, that you get the initial level up from. So a perfect example of this is that if you're used to, if, if let's say, let's just do a case study here. Someone who's been training with a personal trainer twice a week for the last couple of years and they, you know, had a bit of time off, uh, something like that, and then they're coming back, they're starting uh, again. You're used to training twice a week and, and uh, you might have gone and done a little bit of cardio outside of those other workouts or something like that. Um, your biggest opportunity for improvement right now is going to be going from two times a week to three or four times a week. That's um, um, presenting a huge opportunity to level up. Not a more fancy workout. A more fancy workout twice a week is going to do Buckley's in comparison to leveling up to an, an, an added workout a week. You know, yep. and um, and that's what I like to say. My for always my priority for a new person who's training is to level up um, the frequency of exercise, the frequency of dosage of exercise, which is usually most people have it in their minds that training three times a week is good, and that's where their starting point is, and that's fantastic. Okay, let's see what do we need to do to your schedule to be able to get you to train four times a week. And then from four times a week to five times a week, you know, because those improvements, the gains, the, the, the adaptation that you're going to get from that will be far superior to, uh, to, you know, adding more complexity in your workouts, stuff like that. Uh, frequency is king. Yeah, we got we got battery. We got new lights coming soon. Australia yep. Post is dying. Apparently we ordered stuff. Uh, weeks ago, and now uh, they're just getting smashed with all of the online. Um, yeah, orders. that's exactly right. Yeah. So what Yanni said, you know, this is this is we disagree on a lot of things, which is cool for you guys because you get two different perspectives. But we absolutely agree on this. It is about keeping it simple, keeping it something that you can do. And remember that when you're a member of the UMS online coaching program, you get access to so much that it is critical that you just laser focus on the thing that's most important. And the thing that's most important, I have learned this the hard way. My number one goal right now in my training is to develop calisthenics, strength, and skill. And I have been working on that now only for a few years, but what I've found over and over and over again is the two things that give you the greatest increase in calisthenics skill is raw strength and flexibility. Yeah. Those are the two things that you need most. And, and I love to do, you know, uh, basic acrobatics and, um, you know, a lot of movement skills that 
I just I found that the hard way by just trying to do it over and over again and developing injuries is that the things that I were lacking was lacking was just strength and flexibility. Yeah. So that's what you need to focus on the most. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm seeing uh, some, some a couple of shout outs here, some really cool stuff. So Frank, um, I don't know how to say your last name, bro. Suli Suli or Frank Suli. It's C-U-I-U-L-I. Uh, has has posted a photo of him doing a 45 degree handstand. That's actually a 60 degree handstand there, Frank, which is awesome because that's a progression from the 45 degree one. And he's asked for some feedback, which I'd say just create a bit more of a hollow body, um, engage your abs more. And uh, a couple of people have said, bring your hands closer together. Uh, but that's awesome. Great accountability, um, you know, showing your training there. I'd, li- um, I'd like to answer Kevin Lee's question oh, yeah, in regards to tempo. Said? Tuesday squat day, how's my form? Been doing the 30XO tempo to get used to it for testing. Do we follow any particular tempo when it's not testing week? Who was that? That was Carl. Oh, she leaving. Off, yep. um, so, uh, Kevin, that's a really good question. And we are um, sort of big on uh, prescribing tempo for different goals. Tempo is um, super important, especially when you're learning. Uh, it's important to move at a an explosive movement for the con- concentric phase and at a controlled movement for the eccentric phase, which is the down phase. Uh, if you're squatting, think on the way down is eccentric, squatting to the floor, and then standing back up is the concentric phase. We use a 30x0 tempo in our testing protocol for our anatomical structural balance blueprint, and that's because we need to keep it consistent, and we need to keep it safe, and we also need to set a benchmark that can be replicated every time so we get a true test. So... Um, I would say, yeah, absolutely. What Kumaran's answered there is probably bang on. Uh, If you don't have a prescribed tempo in your program, then use the 30X0 as a template. But tempo is an overload um, variable. Um, It's an intraset overload variable that you can play with to elicit different results. So there are times when you will use a quicker tempo, Two zero one zero is a very common uh, tempo that people will use, or two zero x zero. At the moment, I'm doing a hybrid um, intraset overload variable where, for my squat day this week, I did three sets of two pause reps where I paused for four seconds. I did 120, 130, and 140 kilos. We call them doubles because I did two reps, and each rep I paused for four seconds at the bottom, and then I followed that up, um, and this is where the hybrid part component comes in. I finished off with three sets at 150 kilos, uh, three sets of three reps at 150, but a more explosive tempo with no pause at the bottom. So I was using the stretch shortening cycle. Uh, And some people might say, why why would you do a heavier set (coughs) after the lighter sets? The pause, four second pause at the bottom is much harder. It it removes all inertia. You're no longer using the stretch shortening cycle in the hamstring. So it's a very hard intraset overload variable, but it's a great way to build strength. It's a great way to bust through a plateau. And that's where tempo comes in. You know, um, manipulating tempo throughout your programming is it's it's really, really important. And this is covered in the uh, UMS uh, Strength Essentials mini course, which you guys get access to as part of the UMS online coaching. Uh, and you want to really dive into that um, content and read that thoroughly to learn how to use tempo because it's something that we want to um, prescribe on a case-by-case basis for people. We want you to get used to prescribing your own tempos, but not randomly. Do it 
with specificity you know understand okay if i do a, if i'm struggling to um to um get go get stronger in a movement then prescribe a pause rep you know or uh something like that but yeah as a blanket statement i don't see anything wrong with doing the three zero x zero because it's going to condition you for the testing protocol so that when testing comes around every six weeks you're going to be really ready for it and guys tempo is the thing that people get wrong most in in testing yep the nine times out of ten when i um uh, attend the gym when there's a testing week going on and i stop and watch the uh tribe testing there's a lot of people that mess up the tempo because ego steps in the way and you want to lift the heaviest weight possible and that's what the tempo is there for it's there to help you keep your testing uniform so you know okay something's gone wrong since last time to this time because i'm not lifting more weight yeah and then we start to di um, digest um uh, break that apart and go okay what's going on am i recovering properly am i overtraining at the moment have i uh, like 19 out of 20 times that that's what people mess up people mess up yeah. <coughs> yeah yeah steve is saying here please quickly explain what three zero x zero means so three zero x zero the four numbers on uh tempo the first number is the eccentric phase going uh where the muscles are lengthening the muscle phase where sorry the contraction um the part of the movement where the muscle contraction the muscle is lengthening so on a bicep curl that's when you're going down uh, zero is the pause between the eccentric and the concentric phase. So in this case, it's a zero second pause. X is the concentric phase. So the third number is when the muscle is shortening. And then and X, X means X as fast as possible. is explosive. And then zero yep. is the uh, pause between the concentric and the eccentric. So that means three second eccentric, zero second pause, as fast as you can concentric. So a bicep curl would look like this. One, two, three. One, two, Three and a three zero one zero would look like this. One, two, three, one. One, two, three, two. And a three one one zero would look like this. One, two, three, one, one, one. You see, yeah. it's all of the different variables. It's, ve it's very do. rare that you prescribe time under load for a concentric unless you're prepping a muscle, warming up, or bodybuilding. And bodybuilders, it's all about maximizing um, time under tension <laughs> and metabolic damage. But the, ma the majority of metabolic damage, if not all of it, I'm not 100% um, over the research, but I'm pretty sure the research now states that the, the, that the metabolic damage is caused on the eccentric um, uh, phase only. Yeah. Uh, so uh, what that means is that if you remove the eccentric load, you don't get sore after the workout. And uh, it's that soreness, it's that metabolic damage that's uh, one of the integral components of muscular hypertrophy. It's one of the main pathways to building muscle mass. Mm -hmm. So bodybuilders really like slowing down that eccentric. We slow the eccentric down for both the reason of we want to build mass and we want to strengthen the, the mass, but it's also a safer way of, of exercising. It's a way of increasing the volume of a workout and uh, in, a, in a safe way and um, yeah so that's that's tempo in a nutshell really yeah yep um, so Aiden's nailed it with the uh, Aiden Potts has nailed it with the tempo there good work mate um, Richie do you want to pull up Bronwyn's comment again so Bronwyn is saying central Queensland still following the 18 minute stretching daily and working on handstands, love the daily motivations. That's so cool, Bronwyn. Um, you know, great way to uh, take extreme ownership 
of your training and get some good results and that that's a really good combination of programs you know if you want to get flexible and learn a really cool skill um, like the handstand so we've got a few minutes left and we said that we we're going to address this because we did have a few people comment on uh, this post that came up the other day so Cassandra Numa Michael or Mikkel said, I did the leg workout today, Terminator Tuesday, she's calling it. On average, how many calories are we burning after a 50 minute workout? So it's quite funny. The firstly we'll say, um, Yanni and I, we're not big on measuring calories in workouts because we, we, we went quite deep on this. And we've got a friend who has a PhD in metabolic research. Um, so he'd be considered a, somewhat of an authority on this um, topic wouldn't you say he is an authority yeah on uh, on on calorie um consumption calorie expenditure calories all of this stuff he's also got a master's degree in nutrition and he reads about 20 peer-reviewed papers a week and he's been doing that for about 15 or 20 years so he is an absolute uh, guru at this stuff and not a guru he's an intellect yeah he's he's a smart i hate the word guru yeah i agree um he's an intellect and he's very very up to date about here if you want to google him um tony Tony, tony's made a it's a passion in his life to stay up to date with the current literature the current research and so you'll never get uh, a more objective view on uh, on what goes on there's nothing subjective about what he says so um when we asked him he said in all of the tests the best heart rate monitors were so far off what actual calories burnt in a workout was and the only way to when uh, there's very um clear definition distinction here when you're doing uh, interval training or strength training yeah steady state cardiovascular exercise the algorithms work very well with and the best algorithm is polar polar heart rates this is back when we were taught um, a couple of years ago I don't know if there's new tech out there that's now um, a superior to polar heart rate monitors but yeah you got to make that distinction steady state cardio they're absolutely okay to test for okay yeah so doing the kind of training that we do though is yeah uh, that's right yeah high intensity any sort of gym training when you're working out uh and the reason is because of the the extreme fluctuations in heart rate during a workout like that when you do a strength set even bicep curling dramatically elevates heart rate and you know but then it drops right down again when we're resting and recovering because you sometimes have 90 seconds or two minutes recovery between sets you know Mm -hmm. now the UMS program is a little different because we don't really rest ever. We're either stretching or we're strength training. And so the heart rate would stay elevated a little bit more depending on how flexible you are or how new you are to flexibility training. It can elevate heart rate. You know, you, you get a sweat when you're stretching. Um, but it's so inaccurate and it also varies dramatically person to person. I said in the comment yesterday, uh, I know I've sort of ra- railroaded Rad here, but I said in the comment yesterday, a more muscular person will burn the most amount of energy <clears throat> because mas- muscle tissue is dense tissue that requires energy to, 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 to it, it feeds on the calories, mm-hmm. whereas fat mass doesn't. However, as a caveat to that argument, a very overweight person due to excessive fat mass is carrying additional weight, which is going to stress the body's muscles more. Mm-hmm. So the, the muscle tissue gets a, a, a more effective workout in a body weight style exercise routine like we're doing in those daily workouts if you're carrying additional fat mass it's like wearing a weight vest for a lean person Mm -hmm. okay so there's all these variables that come into play but both of those scenarios a very muscular person or a very overweight person are going to 
get more calorie expenditure than a skinny person. Mm -hmm. So that throws another variable in the picture. If you're really slim or skinny fat, then you're not going to be burning much calories at all. You know, so we like to sort of say, and this is based on Tony's recommendation, use a blanket of about 200 to 300 calories per person, depending on uh, how big you are. It's very, very unlikely that you're going to burn more than about 400 calories in a strength training workout. It's just the, the, the workout is just not going to um, uh, get your heart rate up that high, you know. Um, but in a steady state workout where you burn a, a lot of energy, a lot of calories, because you're st remaining in that sort of calorie burning, because there's all these other variables too. You, if you go into high intensity exercise or anaerobic exercise, which a lot of the hit intervals do, then you are no longer really burning fat during those because there's all these different variables that yeah. come into play and so for that reason you may as well finish and up the, well the average <clears throat> the the research shows that the average calorie expenditure in a hit session or a strength training session is between 200 and 400 calories yeah which is far less than what people seem to think that they're burning i was shocked when i did that because i used to wear my polar heart rate monitor all the time and i'd be stoked when i got a thousand calories yeah when I, when I asked tony he went oh it's actually a hell of a lot less than less, that and yeah. i was like what yeah so um that's one of the reasons why we just don't put any weight in trying to measure calories um burnt during a workout but what we do recommend people do is it is a highly highly beneficial exercise to spend a minimum, a bare minimum of 30 days where you obsessively track calories and understand what is in the food that you're eating with a really good calorie um, tracking app. I'm not even sure what the good ones are now. My fitness power used to be good back in the day. Um, purely for the idea to start to understand what macronutrients are in food and how many calories are in different foods. People are really, really shocked to know how many calories are, are in something like a juice, for example. You know, yeah. so and that's a really, really good exercise because when you do that once, you know, for for a long period of time, you start to be able to look at food and drinks and, and go, oh, well, I don't really know if I want to have that because that's got a lot of calories in it. Whereas, you know, this is a bit lower. And um, and, and that was really beneficial for Yanni, Richard and me. We, we, we can keep ourselves in a good shape by just understanding, okay, well, I ate this last night and that probably had a thousand calories in it in the in the one meal or 1500 calories. I'm, I'm going to just eat some salad and yeah. lean meat today or whatever, you know? Yeah. So just to give you a bit, bit of a deeper mm. understanding of how to use what we've just said for everyone out there who's watching, for Rad and I, we would assume because of our muscle mass that uh, we would burn 400 calories in that workout. For Richard, probably 300 because he's a bit um, a bit smaller than us. <laughs> I'm joking. Uh, all three of us would probably be in that 400 category. If you're a very big individual, you're probably burning three to 400 calories. If you're a smaller individual, you'll be burning 200 to 300 calories. So use that as a benchmark. Now, guys, I wear a very, very expensive uh, piece of kit here, a uh, an Aura ring that tracks all of my... Uh, um, uh, my body's um, output, calories, everything, uh, heat, uh, expenditure, uh, temperature, body temperature, all that sort of stuff, sleep. And I take the ring off when I do my workouts because uh, otherwise I get a really, at the end of the day, I get a report generated on my phone and my laptop um, uh, that gives me an idea of my sleep quality, my exercise quality, my resting um, uh, metabolism, 
uh, body temperature, resting heart rate, max heart rate, lowest heart rate, all that sort of stuff, which I find really interesting. I like data. Um, but I don't let it measure my workouts because it throws it out. And uh, to my knowledge, it's not very accurate. So I just take the ring off during my workout and then I add 400 calories to my daily calorie expenditure. And that just makes it pretty easy. Could, now, it could also be because you don't want to break your $10,000 ring. Yeah, you? well, that too. But all, <laughs> uh, the other thing is, guys, it's not... A, 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 Data suggests, and this is very. We got a lot of a uh, lot of information to prove this. Is that people under-report food calories and over-report exercise calories? Mm. So it's not going to hurt you if you under-report your exercise calories a little bit, you yeah, know. Absolutely. And it, and and what Rad said is really true. It's such a good exercise to learn calories and how they affect your body. We like to, unless you're going to spend a thousand bucks or five hundred dollars on an, or a good aura ring or something like a wearable that you wear 24 seven, um, which is the best way to measure resting heart rate and all that. Uh, and, uh, and your metabolism, your, um, your, uh, what do they call it? Um, heart rate monitor. No, your, your, how many calories you burn on a 24 basal hour period, metabolic basal rate. metabolic rate. That's right. Uh, if you're not going to invest in, in a really good, high quality wearable, uh, then um, go and get a DEXA scan. Uh, and, and, and a good DEXA scan clinic will have uh, created an algorithm. Measure Up in, in, in Australia have created an algorithm because the sports scientist that owns the company is an absolute beast. He is the godfather of, of calories and, and metabolism and body composition in Australia. And I'm sure America will have an equivalent. They have clinics where you can go and you can get tested once. It's a little investment that you spend here it's about a hundred bucks and uh and then you get you have a very clear picture of what your body requires to survive and then you can start to play with that with your with measuring calories food calories and exercise calories and things like that but it's so important to get that benchmark first yeah it's it's a really we are we make this really clear um, in our marketing and everything that we say that we are not a weight loss gym at all. It is not something, we, we've made that distinction. We've been down that road before and there are people out there, there are gyms out there that do it so much better than we do. And we decided to really, you know, get tunnel vision on what it is that we do best, which is make people really strong and really flexible and teach them how to move in ways that they've never been able to do before. That said, the time that we spent by getting a few DEXA scans, you know, learning about calories in versus calories out, learning about the calories that are in food is a really valuable thing to do. And it's something that will be invaluable for you if you're somebody that's struggling um, with weight. But it also requires that extreme ownership. It requires, like, it's, it's useless if all you do is go and get this information and you don't do anything with it. You have yep. to start to, when you start learning about what kind of foods um, have what kind of calories and, and what empty calories versus nutritious calories are, and you start to look at what you eat, you have to actually make changes. Yeah. Like, you've got to act on it. Yeah. And it's like this analogy that Yanni always uses. It's like a rocket, um, you know, taking off to the moon. That's changing a habit is the same analogy. You use 90% of your fuel, 90% of the effort breaking the Earth's atmosphere, and then only 10% getting the other 98% of the way. You know, yeah. the first 200 kilometers on a 360,000 kilometer journey uses 90% of the fuel. Yeah. And that's what breaking a habit is like. It is so, so, so hard to get through that first 10 days. But if you're you know, serious about it. Like I've just broken the habit of eating dairy um, almost daily. 
I've never done it before. Honestly, even in all of the dietary changes I did, like getting rid of wheat, getting rid of processed sugar, getting rid of alcohol, those are the big ones. I never got rid of dairy. And I always just told myself, well, I've got rid of all this stuff, you know, I'll keep dairy. Um, and it's I, I, Saturday was my first day not having dairy. So it's now Thursday. It's been five days. And I'm really noticing, I'm like, wow, I don't have the craving for it anymore. Yeah. I don't, like that craving was, over the weekend it was furious it was i was so craving some yogurt and some muesli or something that i'd normally have as a you know healthy snack right like yeah. i'm doing that in the little speech uh, parenthesis here for those of you listening do you want to have it we'll have a quick shout out to some of these guys yeah before absolutely we i'm so, pretty sure mario romero lopez just joined us mario if you're on the stream say hello yeah welcome brother and martin martin cutella yep. has joined Mo- morning a couple martin. of uh, our tribe um, members from the gym here richie can you bring up carmine uh matroni's comment here so uh, Carmine has said a, a really good comment here. Do you recommend doing the 18-minute stretching routine before the 7 a.m. workouts, or is that overkill? Absolutely not. That is absolutely not overkill. And if you have the time to do that, and especially in this um, uh, lockdown phase, then by all means, man, that is a really good thing to do. Um, if w- When you watch those live streams, you'll often notice that I'm walking around for 10 or 15 minutes before the show, just doing some general flexibility and some general stretching. That is a really, really good thing to do. Um, yeah. I love that. Yeah. Um, do you want to bring up Greg's? Uh, oh, sorry, Aidan Potts uh, next, Richie. Aidan Potts has said, what is the new book, lads? It's right here. Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. And I am listening to it again myself. It'll be, it'll be at least the third or fourth time that I'm listening to it on Audible. But I haven't listened to it for about seven or eight years because this is one of the first ones that Yanni and I read. On a, I've, I've read it and I've listened to it and I think I'm listening to it again. Yep. And man, are you back on it? Yeah, I haven't started because I'm finishing Ego is the Enemy by Ryan Holiday, but I will, I will, I will read it again. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Into, uh, I'm into the f- coming to the end of the first chapter and... Um, it, it's funny for me because it's reminding me of what the start of this self-development journey yeah. was like for us because the concepts that are in there are groundbreaking for people that haven't done this self-development yeah. journey. But for me, it's it's kind of like feels like it's old. It's like the basics, you yeah. know, but it's really good. Yeah. It's so, yeah. so yeah. valuable. Um, just quickly, uh, Steve Cavana, if you, can you bring up Steve Cavana's question? Um, he said, Yanni, totally endorsed Rhonda Patrick. Uh, listened to the hour-long COVID-19 Q&A yesterday. You covered or summarized a lot of it. Thanks for the recommendation. You may also want to talk about sauna at some time. You're, uh, you're jumping ahead. That's the latest. Um, she, she's done a number of really great articles on, on the effects of sauna and the effectiveness of sauna. Previously, you know, the, there's, there's some really solid research in, that she covered uh, last year indicating that uh, 20 minutes of, or 15 minutes of sauna uh, is, is equivalent for the cardiovascular system to 60 minutes of ca- steady state cardio exercise for all of the health markers, like phenomenal, not the calorie burning, but the health, like the health improvements, which is really quite alarming. And I was like, as soon as I read that study, uh, I, uh, I was, um, uh, I, I got onto my mother and my stepfather because they both need this big time and they're building a new house. And I'm like, put a sauna downstairs in the basement. Trust me guys. And I'm still pushing them to do it. Um, but, um, yeah, I'm going to cover it. I'm going to cover it because what they're finding is actually that it really enhances the health markers that you need for COVID-19 as well. I'm sure you're all over that now because you saw that Q&A. It's a brilliant Q&A. I should probably link it in the video here because it'd be so good for everyone to to uh, watch. And um, 
Yeah, man. I, I'm, I, I have a massive professional crush on Rhonda Patrick. She's a beast uh, in the, the, the way of um, uh, what she's up, up to and what she's doing and, uh, and just how much she shares. She's, she's on a really good mission. She's got a great, um, she's got a great vision and, uh, and I think that she's just doing really good things. She's where I got introduced to a lot of the people that are up on the research on time-restricted eating, people like Dr. Sachin Panda. Uh, from the Salk Institute and things like that. I'm, I, I got caught on to them through her podcast. Anyway. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. And um, so good to see all of, the, uh, all of the interaction here. Greg Gillespie, thanks for tuning in, brother, and so glad you enjoyed the workout. And, um, yeah, it's just, it's just uh, really, really good to see that the work that we're putting in is being appreciated by uh, all of you all around the world. Uh, your comments... Uh, sharing this stuff really helps us, but it's just really nice to know that, um, that what we're doing is valued. So thank you, and we will see you tomorrow at 7 a.m. for another kick-ass workout and end of a great week. Have a good day, everyone. Good work, guys. Health is about performance, not just body image. You better be willing to accept what you're gonna have to do to get there. We'll start focusing on movement goals, strength goals, flexibility goals. When you nail that skill, it's there forever. The body image goal doesn't get you that far. It's the consistency and frequency that's going to get you there. It's not the intensity. There's no shortcuts to mastery and movement. Destination doesn't change overnight, but your direction will. The gym is not the place to beat up the body that you hate. It's the place to build the body that you love. We are the gym that teaches people how to move instead of just exercise because we believe that health is about performance, not just body image.